now. Welcome to the View on the Mountain, brought to you by Variety Sports Network. We are here for episode two of View on the Mountain. Today, we are going to do draft profiles for University of Utah players that have declared for the draft. Joining me, as always, is Cole Barkey, a.k.a. Fish Newt Jr. on Twitter. How are you today? What's up, guys? Let's go Utes. Excited to jump in and talk about some uh, draft prospects, kind of what round we think they'll go in, where might be some good landing spots for them. Um, And then obviously we're going to be pitching our case for why they should go higher than maybe projected. Yeah, I completely agree with that statement and can't wait to get into it. Let's start off. We don't have to do the list in any kind of order. But let's just go ahead and start with tight end Dalton Kincaid. He is tight end one or two on most people's boards. He is a versatile tight end. He can block, run, catch, really good in separation. He put up a Utah record of receiving yards against USC when he was healthy. And he is a guy I really... Hope lands in the right situation. Um, I'm thinking the best situation for him would be, obviously, the elephant in the room is Kansas City. Other than that, of course, there is a team that needs tight end. Um, I I could see him tearing it up with uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, they've got an aging Gerald Everett, not a whole lot behind him to fill that position if they wanted to bring a young guy and infuse some talent into that tight end room and give Justin Herbert a nice solid downfield option I mean you'd be hard to find someone better than Kincaid in that regard yeah I agree Chargers is a good good spot I was gonna say Eagles Eagles is is another low key I know they have Dallas Gobbert um and um but you know who also needs a tight end because uh, another Utah player is a free agent this year is the Cowboys. Uh, their tight end is from Utah. I forget D- Dustin Schultz. He's he's a free agent this year, so I don't know if the Cowboys pony up to Pan, but they could definitely draft Kincaid with their first round pick. Yeah, and I mean, looking at Kincaid's draft profile, some of the obvious strengths are his speed, his route running, the fluidity with which he plays the position. Um, the one maybe weakness he has on his uh, resume is he is a little bit on the smaller side for a tight end. He plays with great physicality, but he might struggle to outmuscle some NFL caliber linebackers um he's going to be one of those guys who gets it done with his speed with his feet and with his quickness off the line of scrimmage well and linebackers have been getting smaller um as the passing game has evolved um not saying every linebacker is undersized that's not the case i'm making i'm just saying obviously we knew that with dan quinn we went with undersized linebackers and now we're kind of bulking back up in linebackers because teams are starting to focus on running the ball as well. Um, so I think he could do very well. Obviously, like you said, size is a concern with most of his draft stock. 
Anything else you want to add to Kincaid? Do you want to move down the line? Let's move down the line to Gabe Reed, who was a Stanford graduate transfer who played outside linebacker for Utah. I thought he was really good in run and passing fits. Um, I see him as a pass rusher you can bring in and he can get to the quarterback. He is kind of limited in his repertoire as a outside linebacker with the moves he makes. I didn't see anything great, mostly just good hands, but nothing like a spin or a good stab move to make me really impressed in Gabe. What, what did you see this year with Gabe? I mean, yeah, he was a really solid hand in the dirt type of defensive end. But the nice thing about Gabe Reed is he is versatile enough that you can drop him back into coverage if you need to. He had one pass defended on the season, um, but was really great at kind of dropping into those hook coverage areas and preventing some check downs, making some assured quick tackles while primarily being a three point stance pass rusher um he had five and a half sacks on the season um 10 tackles for loss um and also had a couple qb hurries up in there had two sacks against usc in the pac-12 championship game so you know he shows up in big moments um I agree he could add a little bit more to his pass rush repertoire. He is kind of a one-trick pony. He does need to work on some of the finesse moves. But being as versatile as he is and being able to play up, down, kind of all over the field is what really brings some value to his profile, even if there's some fine-tuning that needs to be done. Yeah. Usually with uh, people that I want to see rush the quarterback, I'd like to see – something other than hands, a spin move, a good stab move, a good swim move, something that jumps out on tape. Um, and he just doesn't have it. He is versatile. I'll give him that. Um, I, I have him uh, right now as best fit because um, he is a Stanford product. Uh, Patriots, I also had another team as well. Um, the Cardinals and the Broncos as opportunities um, and Houston, uh, Houston Texans, because they're going to, they brought in D'Amico Ryans. I think he'd be a good fit in D'Amico's uh, system. For sure. Um, where do you think kind of his draft position is around where he might go? Might he be an undrafted free agent type of guy? Um. He might be a UDFA. I'd be okay if someone took him in like the fourth or fifth round. I wouldn't be upset about that. Like I wouldn't see that as a reach. And if if he's taken after the fifth round, I think that's a possibility as well. But I'm leaning right at at this moment as UDFA more more likely. Any team that takes him is probably going to do so with the understanding that he's a little bit of a project player. He's got the raw talent. He's got the athleticism, but needs to tighten up his technique a little bit. Um, Probably going to be special teams reserve guy until they can fine tune his, his capabilities. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree more with that. 
We are staying on the defensive side of the ball here, my friend. We are going to move over. Unless you had another team you thought Gabe Breed could fit in with. No, I'm perfectly ready to move forward. Okay, I'm going to go with the big person I drum for the most on Twitter, uh, Clark Phillips III, cornerback, Utah. I loved Clark Phillips, every second of Clark Phillips. He was so good for this Utah defense. I'm going to miss him so much next year. Um, I don't remember a big cornerback loss since um, we lost the guy who plays for the Bears. Jalen Johnson, yeah. Yes, Jalen. Sorry, I couldn't think of his name. Um, But, yeah, but Jalen's obviously 6'1". Clark is undersized. And that's, difference there. that's what bugs me so bad every year when draft season comes around is you're looking at a guy who throughout the entire college football season was ranked as one of the top three, if not number one cornerback in the country all year long. He was at the top of everyone's list, consistently getting 95, 96, 97 grades, led the league or not the league, led the country in interceptions or was at the very least tied for it throughout most of the season. And then the draft comes along and suddenly he's, you know, mocked in the third round, ranked number 10 at his position, all because he's 5'10", 183. Um, Obviously the size is a concern. I mean, I'm not going to try to downplay that, uh, especially with the size of some NFL freak receivers, your guys like DK Metcalf. Um, but he plays the position with beautiful technique. He's got the speed. He's got the burst. He's got the eye for the football. Um, and I think this is a guy who, you know, was really highly touted all season just for the measurables to be what knocks him down a peg. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with your statement. Um, I hate this because, like, Jalen – when he fell, I felt really bad because I had him like a high first round pick and then he fell um, not super far, but a little bit further than I thought he would. And Clark's a guy I, I have like a first round grade on, but I know he's going to fall to like the second or third round just because of the size. And he he's a guy that can play zone or man. So it's a fit for any scheme. I compare him to Asante Samuel Jr. Currently on the chargers. Asante Samuel Jr.'s big thing coming out for the draft was his size as well. If I remember correctly, he's about the same size as Clark, about that 5'10", 5'11", height range. Um, He is. And he just had three interceptions in a playoff game. So, I mean, I size can be a legit concern in the NFL, but when you have guys like Clark Phillips or Asante Samuel Jr. who have the talent and knowledge of the position, it can make up for size in a lot of cases. Yeah, I agree as well. And sometimes his instincts are really good and he beats the receivers to their spot in the route that they're running so i i could see him going in a variety of places um san fran uh patriots falcons of course because we need another guy opposite aj 
um, as long as we don't take a corner in the first round. There's just a ton of teams I could see Clark on. Is there any other teams you want to add to the list? I mean, if we're really talking about cornerback needy teams, um, I think a landing spot like San Francisco makes a lot of sense with just the injuries they've had at that position over the last couple of years. Um, realistically, I could see him being paired up with Jalen Johnson in Chicago if the Bears end up trading back and adding some picks, maybe take him early in the second round. Um, I do think he is probably at least early on going to be drafted by a team that doesn't need the cornerback position because those cornerback needy teams are, would rather take some of those big guys, guys with the better quote unquote draft stock. He's going to fall to a team where maybe it's a bit more of a luxury pick and a guy that has a chance to really shine for your team as CB two his starting season. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, Bigger corners are always going to go first with cute cornerback needy teams. That's just the day and age we're in in the NFL. Along with that, um, most people will knock him down because of his size, even though he was tied for interceptions. In the uh, college football season, I think he was tied with uh, Joey Porter Jr. all year. I think they finished tied at the regular season um, and bowl season, if I remember correctly. So good, good name to keep an eye out. Um, we're going to move to offensive side of the ball and Tavion Thomas, the running back. Um, did you want to start this one off, Cole, or do you want me to start this one? I mean, I can kick this one off. Um, looking at Tavion Thomas, he's very much your first down power back between the tackles. Um, very similar to kind of the way we use Tyler Algier this year in Atlanta. Your Kenneth Walker in Seattle. That power back, you ask him to get you three and he'll get you four to five. Um, he doesn't really have the downfield like speed burst, but he's definitely got the power, the motor. He very rarely goes down at first contact. You usually see him dragging at least two to three defenders behind him. The real big concern for Tavion Thomas. Um, I don't even want to use the phrase character issues because I don't, I, I hate using that phrase, but some of the issues we saw with him this year at Utah, where he had to take a step away from the team, um, obviously they didn't report on it very much. We don't really know what was going on. It reminded me of the Calvin Ridley situation in Atlanta last year where, you know, he had to take a step away for his mental health. Um, but there was a couple weeks there where Tavion Thomas was not with the team, was not on the field. Um, I'm sure that NFL scouts and the people conducting these interviews will know more about that situation than we do. Uh, but it will factor in, uh, based on just his availability, if he's going to, have to take more time away from the team if he's bought in mentally all the way because um, he's got the power, he's got the talent, he's got the size. Does he have the mentality is all teams are really going to be worried about. Yeah, and I, I touched base with a good friend uh, and buddy that is pretty plugged in with these things and asked him about Tavion and how he did at the Shrine Bowl. Said he did pretty well. Um, the big part uh, teams 
concurred on were his hands and things like that. Um, he was concerned with the quote-unquote off-the-field things, not character concerns. Um, and he'd say he'd really have to nail down those interviews with teams. So Tavion, with as big as he is, I think he'll land on his feet. Late-round guy, I don't think he reaches UDFA because of his size, to tell you the truth, Cole. I, I could see him fifth, sixth round where a team takes a shot on him because of his size. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a late round pick, but he is going to get picked. I mean, like you were saying with the hands, he's obviously not the type of back you're going to flex out and expect him to catch a ton of passes. I mean, he's not a Christian McCaffrey. He's not a Cordero Patterson. He's much more of a between the tackles, north and south type runner. Um, he's not going to be useful in the pass game beyond pass blocking, which he does also really excel at. Um, but yeah, a, a team is going to take a chance on him. It's just a matter of when and where, not if. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more with that obsessment of Tavion Thomas. Uh, we're going to go last defensive prospect I have for Utah. Is Mohamed Dabite. Diabate. Linebacker. He played Mike most of this year. Um, eventually, Lander would slide into that role, and he'd kind of play like a Will or a Sam backer. Um, obvious, it's so hard to define what, um, our defensive scheme is sometimes because what we do disguise-wise and we make things look all the same, so it's kind of hard to judge what these guys' are roles are even with watching film. Well, and it's funny because he's kind of the opposite of Gabe Reed, where Gabe Reed is a pretty designated pass rusher who is able to drop into coverage. Mohamed Diabate is more of your coverage linebacker who is able to rush the passer. He's most comfortable in coverage. He's great at shooting gaps and closing on the ball carrier in the run game. Um, he's very twitchy for his size, very quick for his size, is mostly going to be used in sort of that Sam or Will position in coverage, but can be sent on a blitz on blitzing downs and can get the job done that same versatility, but kind of reversed. Yeah, exactly. He is a coverage backer and teams will value the coverage. Um, teams that need a good coverage backer, a guy who's not afraid to get after the quarterback when called upon to in blitz packages. Um, I, I have a pretty high grade, I've done a lot of mock drafts and he's gone way later than this, but I, I have like a fourth round grade on him. What do you think about that? I think he falls just a little bit further. I don't think he gets into UDFA territory. I think he gets drafted. I think the big issue with Diabate is still kind of that thing we've been saying about a lot of Utah guys size. Um, He's got the height, but he's kind of, light for a linebacker he only weighs 230 um 
I don't know if he actually pl- even plays at 230. He's a little bit narrower, a little bit. It's where he gets some of his speed and burst from, but he's not he's not quite as large or broad-shouldered. He is more of your speed-type backer. Um, I see him, you know, fourth, fifth, maybe sixth round, depending on how he performs at the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Combine. Yeah, exactly. Combine will do numbers for people's draft stocks, especially if he tests very well. Um, broad jump, thinking of other things. Vertical, probably 40, will definitely do a lot of stuff to improve his stock. Um, I will move on to possibly my favorite prospect in this year's draft for Utah, other than Clark Phillips and Braden Daniels. You want to kick this one off, buddy? Yeah, so Braden Daniels, uh, offensive guard. He was a fifth-year senior this year. Um, didn't allow any sacks this year, which is awesome. Um, only allowed 10 QB hurries. He is a massive man when you see him on the field, Wayne, and uh, usually plays around 297 to 300. Um, giant wingspan measures in at uh, 82 and 3 eighths, which is astronomical for a guy that's 6'4". Um, really solid in in pass blocking and run blocking. I think the big thing that he needs to work on moving forward and ways to improve his stock um, is to, you know, uh, work on uh, what's the word I'm looking for patience. Like he tends to not jump early in the sense of getting penalties, but jump early where he kind of gets himself off balance. If a defender makes any kind of like spin move, swim move, um, he has a tendency to be a, a little bit jumpy and can get out finessed, but just raw size, raw power didn't get, didn't allow any sacks this year, which is a real testament to his capabilities considering the strength of pass rushers in the pack 12. Yeah, I agree more. Uh, he definitely held his own against uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who was a top pick in last year's draft. So you want to get a going on his film, I definitely suggest you do so. A big physical tackle, like you said, good in pass and run fits. Definitely a bully in the run, um, kind of like a Caleb McGarry for the Falcons. Um, uh, I think he is way better than McGarry, uh, but that, that that's another subject for a different day. Um, but I, I really like Braden Daniels. Um, I'm trying to think of things that can improve his uh, stock at the combine. I don't take a lot in bench press um, because obviously bench press doesn't tell you a lot, just tells you how many reps someone can go um, with offensive linemen. They are hard to quantify. Usually you're looking for length. Um, maybe a little bit of speed in the 40 time occasionally, depending on what kind of scheme you're running. If you're going to have them pull a lot, 
for the tackles to the other side. But I honestly think the that. big thing for him is going to be more of the footwork drills that yeah. they do for linemen and showing that he does kind of have the ability to shift his feet and move around a little bit despite his big frame. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can see his footwork being something like the cones and other things he needs to focus on on the combine. Now, the last name was a name that kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, Satu uh, Laumea. Laumea, yeah. Uh, I remember when he played guard last year. And then this year he was at tackle and he struggled. So I'm thinking most teams will evaluate his guard tape from last year because he didn't mount a single sack in like, I want to say like five QB Harry's. And when he was at tackle this year, he allowed like five sacks and a lot of hurry, like 15 hurries. Oh, yeah. Almost double. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that whatever team drafts him does kick him back into playing guard. Um, I would be shocked if he stayed at tackle. I also think he's going to be, you know, a round six or seven guy, maybe a UDFA. He is a bit of a project guy. Um, very similar measurables to Braden Daniels, but not quite as much technique and experience. Uh, he was also a lot better in run blocking than he was in, in pass protection. Um, he had a pretty big impact in the run game. I mean, that right side of the line absolutely just cleared lanes. Uh, a lot of the time, a little bit more raw in pass protection. Like you said, he clearly plays better at guard, um, allowed less hurries, less sacks when playing at guard. And I think any team that, uh, that drafts him is going to move him back inside. Yeah. I definitely agree with that UDFA um, late round, especially on these last two guys. Wish we'd have more first or second round talent to go over. Um, I just think sometimes the competition of the pack uh, hurts itself more than it helps with draft evaluations especially for offensive linemen and stuff like that because then you start going okay who did you face with those no no uh qb sacks when you were at guard who were you lined up against and things like that but on that note is there anything else you want to go over before we say goodbye to the beautiful people no i think that covers up everything we were going for this week uh Hit us in the comments on the Twitter sphere. If you have anything you'd like to add, uh, you can find me at fish snoop junior Vic. If you want to throw out yours. Yeah. I'm Victor Herrera at Vic Pickmaster on Twitter. I'm pretty active on the daily. Um, I appreciate everyone for listening to our first episode. Please go ahead and follow BSN collegiate. That's who is promoting us and putting them on their network and as always go Utes go Utes